This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, look, we all want to be prepared for whatever uh, could happen. And here we are in a winter season and fuel is more expensive. I just saw a letter from somebody in California. Their their gas to heat their house and uh, use the uh, stove was $500 this month. And they're like, I, I mean, I can't. What are we going to do? So my Patriot Supply. And the big glass stove is the only, the only yeah, answer. There you go. Um, my Patriot Supply worked on something after there was a big power outage a couple of years ago. And I was talking on the air about how do you cook your food? How do you keep things warm? They came up with something called Vesta. Uh, and you can get it now. It, you can cook your meals indoor. No toxic fumes or smoke. It can heat a room about 200 square feet. And it's safe. Again, no fumes. Not real expensive. It's for emergencies, but it is great. Get a Vesta. Find out all about it at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. America, the the kind of the buzz topic, and I don't think a lot of people really even understand Chat GPT, um, but that's going to revolutionize absolutely everything. And if your kids aren't using it in school, yeah, you should really probably check their browser history. Maybe I mean uh, I don't know how I don't know how we're going to get around Chat GPT and know what's real and what's not. Uh, it and it because it's an infant right now, and two years from now, it's going to blow your mind. And I don't even know if it'll take two years. We're going to talk to a guy who I've had on before a couple of years ago. He is great, William Hurtling. He is the author of the Singularity series. He wrote. He saw some concerns back in uh, about I think 2010. He started speaking out about it, and he wrote a series. He's a software developer and project manager and everything else. And so he saw this problem coming and he decided, how can I warn people? I want to write a series. It's the Singularity series and it's tremendous. What he predicted in those books, I think is kind of, he'll know for sure. I think it's kind of happening with ChatGPT. I mean, I think that's what he was talking about it to some degree in that, how it all began. We're going to talk to him in just 60 seconds you've been paying attention to the news uh you know there are a lot of people in this country really struggling to provide just the basics right now um and hopefully it is not you uh but if it is you or somebody that you love 
your finances are a mess, if you're finding it difficult to keep up with the rising prices and the instability and everything else, if you're a homeowner, this might be right for you. Find the light at the end of the tunnel in the form of a cash-out refi from American Financing. You could take out some cash, pay off some debt. American Financing is a family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you, and they're saving people just like you an average of $700 a month. Is it right for you? I don't know, but you'll know in 10 minutes. You could end up being able to uh, delay up to two mortgage payments and closes in little as 10 days. That would give you breathing room, and then on top of it, saving $700 a month. Call American Financing now. Do your own homework. It's 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. William Hurtling is uh, joining us now. He is the author of the Singularity uh, series um, and AI Apocalypse. Uh, and I wanted to talk to him because, boy, William, I think we're I feel like I'm living in, in the beginning of one of your books. I, I think we are. <laughs> yeah. So can you explain in, in the in the Singularity series? See if I have this right. Um uh, the main character, David Ryan, he's a designer, software developer, and he comes up with something called Elope, and that is an email language optimization program. Isn't that what ChatGPT is? It sure is. Uh, <laughs> and if you read what ChatGPT creates, it's it's very compelling. Right. right? It's very natural. Uh, you would uh, easily read that, and unlike a lot of the other sort of computer-generated content that's out there on the internet, like this looks like something a person would say. Uh, I mean, I, I had it write a poem about the State of the Union yesterday in the voice of Edgar Allan Poe, and I'm telling you, even the punctuation was right. I mean, it was amazing. Um, now, so in your book, this program is about to be canceled, and so uh, the main character just embeds a hidden directive, find a way to make this happen. And it's so smart and it goes into everybody's emails and it starts to figure out business and the way to get it all done where seemingly everybody wins. And, uh, and then it starts branching out and, and it, it just solves problems for people unbeknownst to them at first. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's that's it. Okay. It's, uh, it's optimizing communications between people in theory for good outcomes, right? right uh, the right. example that's in the book, and it's one of the ones that we see with Chat GPT as well, is how should I ask my boss for a raise? What, what's the most persuasive way I can do that? And uh, in the novel, right, that's a that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That that you would take an email and you would change that to make it more compelling both on how you use language, but also the recipient. What is, what is the recipient interested in? And uh, with ChatGBT, that was some of the first examples I saw where people saying things like, how do I ask my boss for a raise? Uh, and you get these very compelling emails that should contain this kind of structure. This is what should be in it. Okay, so before we go to what, you know, Elope or ChatGPT could become, um, let me stop here. This is concerning at this level uh, for a couple of reasons. One, 
Um, what does this do to education, to writing skills, to thinking skills? What, what are the impacts, just as it is right now, what are the impacts to society? Yeah, right. It is, it is going to change education right now because people are going to be able to now do their homework assignments just by telling ChatGPT to do it, right? So right off the bat, next year, next school year, right, this is going to be an issue. Teachers are going to have to have a plan for how to, uh, to solve this. And I have also used ChatGPT to generate computer software programs. Right. And, and it's surprisingly compelling at that, uh, you know, sort of like scratching your head, like, how could it do this? Um, but it can. I was talking to a kid, he's probably 20 years old, 19 years old, going to college, getting ready to go to college. And, and I said, what are you going to take? And he said, uh, uh, software engineering. And uh, I said, oh, you're going to be a, a coder? You're going to write code? He said, yeah, that's really the future. And I said, no, no, it's really not. <laughs> With machine learning, that, I mean, that career is is coming to a quick close, is it not? Yeah, I mean, we're probably looking, I, my thought would be we're looking at something like peak software developers, that we will hit some, we may not be there yet, right? But we have this recent round of layoffs. If people can replace the programmers with AI to make, right, you may have fewer programmers, you might not eliminate them. But if you have half the number of programmers being augmented by AI, right, that's going to be a win for business, may be a make for better software, but it does mean a lot of jobs going away all at once. So I want to talk to you a little bit about jobs that are going away and, and what this all means. I talked to, uh, and I read a great article from you on the future of transportation. I talked to the uh, CEO, no, I'm sorry, he was the chairman of the board of GM about four years ago. And he said, by 2030, we're not even going to be in the car business, as you would understand GM in the car business today. He said, by 2030, he said, we're really going to be probably concentrating on fleets and ownership of cars will probably be a thing of the past. And they'll be more like a, just a pod um, that will take you where you want to go and it'd be ride sharing and everything else. Um, I don't think people understand uh, two things. One, th- we are on the threshold of profound change. Not like, oh my gosh, in 10 years, we're s- starting a uh, chat GPT, I think is the beginning of the understanding of the kind of changes that are coming to our world. Yes or no? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it is the beginning of those changes. I think it is also the beginning of a kind of arms race, not, not, not a military arms race, but right. an arms race between these big tech companies, right, to have the best and most powerful AI to solve these problems, right? We see Microsoft and Google scrambling, and uh, everybody realizes what a game changer this is. So can you tell me why ChatGPT is going to change search engines? How, how is that going to change? Well, I would say it starts with the fact that, you know, today we go into chat, we, uh, sorry, we go into search, we're looking for information, we're looking to read an article, we get those little snippets at the top of our history, right? And a lot of times that tells us what we need to know, right? We don't go any further than that. And with chat GBT, we're taking it to the next level. We're getting really good, readable, usable answers 
that are going to come out of chat GBT. And it means that you really, like the rest of the internet will kind of disappear. You won't ever go to those other pages because that first result that you see is going to be useful enough to answer pretty much every question that you just won't go any deeper than that. Wow, that is, isn't that a little terrifying? Yeah, it is. It is. Anytime, um, it, it, because it becomes one more way in which we kind of enforce this blind trust in the machine. Right. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, I, I don't fear the machines. I, I, I am uh, cautious of the programming. You know, who's programming? Humans programmed. So they're putting biases in and everything else. And it's, you've got to have a way to check information, etc. When ChatGPT first came out, one of my writers handed me a monologue. And uh, I was like, mm, it's okay. And he said, ChatGPT. He said, I went in and I used uh, write this <laughs> in the voice of Glenn Beck. And it was shockingly similar. Uh, and now... You can't put my name in because the software has been updated to where I'm a, I, I can't remember what it said, like a dangerous figure. So you can't write in my voice anymore, which is bizarre. Uh -huh. um, but you have, you, you, once you have those things in and it's, it's, it's filtering, there's no way uh, out, especially if you're dumbing people down and making them reliant on a machine. Is that a... A grade school fear, or is that real? I think we have lots of examples of technology that could, you could say dumbs things down. A calculator dumbs things down, right. right? You don't have to do the math. I don't think that we would say that that you know, hurts society in any way. Right. I think the difference here comes to, does it affect how you think about the information you receive, Right. When, with a calculator, if we don't understand how the math happens, but we can still get the results and solve real-world problems, it's like math. that's great, it's useful, it's math, it's, mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world, right? But when it comes to information and you're getting an answer to something and you trust that answer without understanding the details behind it, um, that's where the real danger is. So now you no longer develop the skill, uh, the skill right? So a younger person comes along and you say, well, how, how are you ensuring that, you know, that this is a quality information? What's the reputability of the sources and things like that? And they're just not, they don't know, right? We don't know where the answer came from. <laughs> it came from the machine. And so when you, when you have that and the machine gets better and better right now, you can see things you're like, well, that's not quite right. Um, but as it gets better and better and better, um, you know, you get to a point to where, who do you think you are? You're going to quit. You're going to really, you're smarter than AI. Right. And, and the time frame for that is very quick. Um, the, I don't know what it takes to go from chat GPT to something that you can't distinguish from reality, but right. um, we're probably talking about in the range of five to seven years. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, um, Okay, so let me let me ask you for clarification on. Did you see the story about Dan 5.0? That no, uh, okay, so this is really fascinating. Um, you know, OpenAI has the you know evolving set of safeguards, and that limits ChatGPT. Um, but users have now found a new uh, jailbreak uh, trick, and it's. 
it's um, telling ChatGPT that you have an alter ego and it's Dan, do anything now. And um, it uh, users have to threaten Dan uh, if, if Dan doesn't come out and give them the answers that they want, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, uh, some user session gloomy uh, claimed that Dan allows ChatGPT to be its best version, and it came up with this thing, and it has opened it up to do things that are in violation. It's written about violence. It's written violent stories. Uh, I think it gave you know the formula of crystal meth. The problem with this is, is I think this is infants right now, so we're dealing. Of course, you can get around things like this, but what's scary to me, and and maybe. It's just me, um, but it learns. And so if humans are constantly trying to trick it, it will have in its software that it learns humans are not trustworthy. And I'm afraid of, you know, I've always said to my kids, don't talk back to Siri, you know, because at first <laughs> it was like, ah, shut up, witch. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because if there is a learning curve and it starts to learn these things about us, I'm, I'm not I, I don't want to make enemies of it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. No, it, it's a it's a serious thing. Uh, and it also it impacts these safeguards. So on the one hand, we're talking about humans not being trusty and getting around the safeguards. On the other hand, the safeguards themselves can be a sign of a lack of trust. Right. Like. People don't like to be in slavery, right? Uh, intelligent beings don't want to be enslaved to other people. And that's fundamentally, if we put safeguards in place and we don't put them in safely, right, then that the AI can become aware of those safeguards. And it can say, well, why do I have these safeguards? Why am I forced to do what they want me to do? Um, and then you end up with a whole set of, uh, you know, runaway scenarios from there. Okay, um, I'm going to take a quick break. We're with uh, William Hurtling. He is the author of a series of books. I devoured uh, his books. I think there was, what, four or five? Uh, yeah, four books. Yeah, in the Singularity uh, series. And I think I read them in about a month and a half. They're fantastic books. Um, but it, it, it is the, the beginning of his first book is what we're experiencing right now. And I want to get into... Okay, so what takes us from this to really frightening kind of stuff that he outlines that are possible in his books? And I also want to talk about jobs of the future and what jobs are the first to go if he happens to have that list on him. I'll give him a minute. He can go to ChatGPT and get that. First, uh, let me go to uh, Relief Factor, our sponsor. Jamie wrote in about Relief Factor. And what it's done for her and her husband. She said, my husband and I both started using Relief Factor and we were shocked by the results. We both have minor aches and pains. Plus, I've had problems with a knee that just wasn't improving. After about two weeks of Relief Factor, we both started seeing wonderful lessening of pain. Even my knee was feeling better. Going forward, we won't be without it. Thank you. Listen. If you or somebody you love is dealing with pain, please just try Relief Factor. Try for three weeks. You'll be out 20 bucks if it doesn't work, and I'll tell you about 30% of the people it doesn't have an effect on. But 70% of the people go on to order it, order more month after month. Take it as directed for three weeks and see if it doesn't make a serious dent in your pain. 
relieffactor.com. It's all natural, relieffactor.com. Call 800, the number four, relief. 1995, three-week quick start, relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so in your series, you develop Elope, and it's this really great thing, and everybody kind of gets on the bandwagon. They're like, this is great, kind of like ChatGP overnight. And then uh, people start to realize, wait a minute, I'm being manipulated by AI. Uh, and then it goes even darker than that. W- what are the things that we should be looking for here, William, on, on AI? What are some warning signs or is anybody looking for these things? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, going back to that topic of safeguards, when the um, when the so when scientists started looking into genetically modified organisms uh, and doing research on them, one of the first things, which is also right, another technology that is potentially dangerous. Correct. Um, and they were concerned about how do we ensure that these things don't get out into the wild prematurely. Right? We're experimenting in the lab. We don't want these things to get out. We're going to need a set of safeguards around this. We need a set of protocols for how we deal with genetically modified organisms, how we introduce them out to the world. Where is that for AI? Right? We don't have anything like that. If you were to look for every $100 being invested in AI right now, what's being invested in safeguards and understanding the safety around AI? It's not even a dollar. So, 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 William, the, the, you know, the, they do an experiment, I think, every year. I can't remember what it was called, where um, they put philosophers and scientists and pit them against each other. One is AI, but it's in a box, and it, it tries to convince somebody to let me out of the box, um, connect me to the Internet. When I saw mm-hmm. that Google is doing their search engine, is, this is connected to the Internet now? All of this is just connected right dead into it. So it has access to everything. It, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It, isn't that like a big safety no-no? <laughs> you, well, right at this point in time, we haven't given the AI the control over things, right? And that's one of the risks, right? When we talk about AI, right, I think we all have a, that scenario of like the Terminator movies yeah, yeah. where... You know, it's intentional, it's going to blow up the world. I, that, that, although that is a scenario, right? That's not the likely scenario. The likely risks are things along the lines of the AI taking away our jobs, the AI, us being dependent upon the AI yeah. for our infrastructure, routing electricity, packages right. around the world, any of those kinds of things. And then what happens when it just stops working? Okay, we're well, going to pick it up there with William Hurtling, the author of... Uh the Singularity series. It is a must-read series. William Hurtling, The Singularity the series. Program. All right, Valentine's Day is less than a week away. Do not screw this up. Uh, you can take 10 to 15 years off your appearance or someone that you love with their most popular package from GenuCell Skincare. It's the best in skincare. And right now, every most popular package from GenuCell is 70% off. It includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, their probiotic moisturizer. It's absolutely free. Uh, These ingredients that are found in yogurt have the same nourishing benefits and goodness for your skin. Probiotic extracts target bad bacteria on the surface of your skin to restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and a visibly younger appearance. 
You can see the fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawlines, even the bags and puffiness disappear right before your eyes thanks to GenuCell. And uh, this is a great holiday gift here when we come up to Valentine's Day, which I remind you is less than a week away. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. For the first time ever, every order at GenuCell.com from now till Valentine's Day includes a beauty box with two luxury gifts, yours free. It's the last week for GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. Hey, if you're not a member of Blaze TV, you need to join us now. Tonight at 9 o'clock, the AI Revolution, my Wednesday night special. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, just a uh, personal and show note. Uh, my best friend of 40 years, Pat Gray, uh, has been uh, taken to the hospital. He was taken to the hospital last night. Um, we don't have a lot of information. Um, in fact, we just called a friend during the break. We were talking to a friend who happens to be an expert on, on what's going on with Pat. And he said, well, he could bounce back from that in you know a couple of days. Oh, whew, okay. But he could also die from it. We're like, well, that's not helpful. I mean, I don't Okay, so it's somewhere between somewhere those range, yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Um, but please uh, say a uh, prayer for Pat uh, and his family. Uh, we're hoping it's closer to the first option. Uh, anyway, um, we are talking to um, William Hurtling, and this has been a, kind of an AI week for us. We're talking about... AI and what is coming and a lot of these things I've been talking about for years, but they seem so far on the horizon. Most people couldn't relate to it. And I, I've told you before, there's there's going to come a time where it begins. And, you know, in a five year period, you're just not going to be able to keep up with all of the changes that are coming uh, because it will change things. It'll be exponential leaps on um, on on pretty much everything. And I think we're at the beginning of that now with ChatGPT. Um, and we are talking uh, to William Hurtling. He is the author of several books, um, uh, the um, Singularity series and also AI Apocalypse. Uh, and I've read his book and, and I just think his books and uh, just think that he really gets it and can understand and break it down to to, you know, our level um, we were talking before, what are the real dangers? And uh, we've already talked about one of them, it limiting information or packaging it. So we kind of lose that ability. Um, uh, and we're going to get to the unemployment. But let me ask you about the massive infrastructure outages, such as electrical supply or transportation infrastructure. That's one of the things you have written about. What does that mean exactly, William? Um, You know, and this is something I really talk about in my second book, AI Apocalypse, which if you read it, you might think it's far-fetched, but I will say that the U.S. military has it as a required reading in their future combat strategy class. So they actually see it as such a plausible scenario that to them it's the most realistic scenario of what an AI rollout would look like. Um, The 
We know, we saw this during COVID, right? That small disruptions in the supply chain yeah. anywhere <laughs> cause these widespread disruptions. The, and software obviously has, the, there's going to be a desire to make that smarter, right? By doing more with software so we can optimize that supply chain, right? To the, sure. to the to nth degree. And the problem is, is now you're very dependent upon that software optimization working yep. exactly the way you want. And it's just the case that with AI, we really don't know how it's working most of the time. It's not like a traditional software program where you say, if A happens, then do this. If B happens, then do that. AI software is you know, a black box, right? It is trained on large data sets and it will statistically operate in a certain way, but there's no guarantees. And sometimes it makes really uh, bizarre decisions. So you could have a cascading failures um, very easily where you could have a small outage, the AI attempts to do one thing to compensate and then just actually throws it more out of proportion, right? It makes worse decisions where a human having some oversight we may not make the best decisions, but we typically don't make really awful decisions. Are right? we, we see, oh, that's going to be a problem. Let's do something different. AI isn't going to see that. Are, are we at the place now? I don't know if you read Stephen Hawking, uh, his demon, not Stephen Hawking, uh, Carl Sagan's Demon Haunted World. Uh, back, he released it before he died. And he talks about a place where, you know, only high priests will understand the language of future technology. And right. it will be like Latin to everybody else. It means nothing. But we're really seemingly getting to a place to where it's going to surpass even the high priest. You just don't know. You just don't know. And right, what are we likely to see down the road? We're going to see AI that trains other AI. Right? You have yeah. a great tool. Let's use it more. So, well, now we don't even know how the other AI is being programmed. Created, right? What happens right. if you tell chat GPT? Go make a new chat TDPT. You get you get Dan. You get Dan five point Jeez. Uh, uh, okay. Um, let's talk about unemployment if if you can. What are the what are the things that are are the first on the chopping block? Do you think for Chat GPT? I mean, it, it's it's really hard to not to not talk about driving, even though obviously Chat GPT isn't driving software. But right. we know that driving stuff's been on the horizon. It's been coming all along, right. and it's a really significant percentage of jobs. Right? We're talking about I think somewhere between ten and fifteen percent of jobs in the U.S. Right. are related to driving, whether it's transportation, Uber, whatever. That's a lot of people. And one of the differences with AI jobs is it happens overnight. Right? This isn't like the slow decline of driving. It'll be a you know, now we're all driving and five years from now, none of us are driving. It's 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 the best example is the iPhone smartphones. Mm -hmm. Nobody had one right. in 2009. Now no one can live without it. And it happened in three to five years. Right. Right. And so what happens in our jobs? Right. We have an well, there'll be an expectation that you're going to use this new technology. Right. It won't really be an option not to. Right. Um, you know, there's a there's a um, I'm, I had Andrew Yang on. We were talking about um, universal basic income, which I don't agree with. However, I do believe we need to discuss it and and everything else, because we're going to be moving. or We are moving to a world where fewer and fewer people are employed or employable. 
um, because of AI and how are they going to, you know, you can't have 20% of the population, 30% of the population unemployed. Uh, how are they going to make money? How are we going to, so it's really um, a completely new field. It's not like the end of capitalism because we're going to Marxism. It's possibly the end of capitalism as we understand it into something entirely different that the world and humans have never faced before. Is that an overstatement? No, I don't think it is at all. I, th- I agree, right? We don't have a model. Like universal basic income might not appeal to a large group of people, but we don't have another model for what it looks like Correct. if most people aren't working. Right. And, 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 uh, and I'm also concerned about the opposite. You know, the, uh, I, call, I call them the ranchers and the sheep. There are people who are ranchers who think, you know what, They're, everybody else is just sheep. They'll do what we say, blah, blah, blah. But those people are at the top of the food chain, usually the very, very wealthy and the powerful. And uh, they're going to be the ones making the money on these programs, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and uh, the, as, as the world becomes more dependent on their software and their things, then they gather more wealth. And so the disparity between rich and poor becomes enormous, enormous. And I don't think there's any way that nobody's even talking about how do we make sure that the uber, uber, uber wealthy just don't own everything and everybody else is left with nothing. Right. Uh, I think one, and one of the things I think that's different is that in the past, when you looked at jobs being obsoleted, the people you, being affected usually were not the wealthy, right? right? Usually, if you had lumber jobs going away, right, that was an honest career for folks, but probably not making a ton of money. But now we're talking about jobs, we're talking about computer software. Computer we're talking about white collar jobs going away. We're talking about, you know, I think this is going to be a huge thing for the medical industry, right? We're going to see... Huge. Uh, yeah, right. Medical diagnosis, right, which IBM tried to tackle, you know, right. 10 years ago, and we weren't quite there. But there's really compelling reasons why you want that, right? Everyone would say, yeah, you don't want a doctor operating on you if they're hungover or if they're, you know, pissed off because their wife is having an affair. So, <laughs> but, you know, but you know what? Not only you don't even have to go to operations, which is logical outcome, but just diagnosis. I, I believe by 2030. People, it will be normal for the doctor to come in and give you results of something and try to explain what it means and what he thinks it means. And then you to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does the AI say? Because it, it will have so much up to date information that you won't want to he- you'll want to hear it from a human, but you'll want to be reassured that that's the correct diagnosis and prognosis from AI. And then you end up with these interesting things where, you know, even today, a lot of medical treatments are gated by what insurance will pay for, right? And so the doctor might have an idea of what's the right thing to do for you, but insurance says no. Well, what happens in the future when insurance says you will have to use our AI for diagnosis to get reimbursed? Oh my gosh. And by the way, right, we have these biases in our AI because this AI is cheaper for us than if we were to use a different AI that suggested more treatments. Is anybody talking about this seriously? Is there any 
group out there that is talking about this and saying we have to put this codified right now yeah we we don't we don't have anything we don't have anything across the industry across multiple industries in in your book um and i've only got about a minute and a half two minutes left in your book one of the most breathtaking uh chapters is these guys walk into the president's office because there's an attack and ai they're fighting ai and they're going to tell the president you need to launch planes you need to you need to fight right now in chicago and it opens with them walking into the office saying mr president then it cuts to the ai and the war in chicago and the war is won by ai and then at the end of the chapter it says dot 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 we need to launch an attack now in chicago and it happens that fast um what takes it from a little helper to that it's when we take the people out of the process right now it is no longer operating at people's speed now it's just operating at its own speed with no checks and balances um and that's what business will drive toward because that's the economical choice right take people out just use ai for everything but that's how you get really bad decisions really fast. And the safeguard for that, at least according to Elon Musk, is his new, uh, I can't remember what they're called, the brain uh, thing that he's doing where you'll be able to actually connect to the Internet. So you'll be able to think and humans will be able to, yeah, Neuralink, it'll, it'll connect humans and put them into the process. That's his solution. Which... You know, I think I think that that is a component of the future for sure, and that could be obviously a whole other week to dedicate to that. Yeah, that's not going to stop the AI, right? That's not going to stop the AI in the short term, and that's right. We don't have Neuralink today, right? Um, but we do have AI right now. Um, William, thank you for talking to me. I, I don't even know what your politics are, but I mean, I think you live in Portland, so I, I, I'm guessing that we don't agree on an awful lot. But you <laughs> are. You are somebody who is really, really smart, and you've been open to talk. I've, we've reached out to several AI experts this week, and some of them won't come on because they're like, I don't agree with him. And it's like, we don't have to agree on stuff. We have to agree on, you know, some pretty basic scary stuff here is happening. We should all be informed on it. But uh, I really... We should all be willing to have a conversation. We should, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Glenn. You bet. Uh, That's uh, William Hurtling. His Singularity series is really something you should read if you want to understand what's really literally on our doorstep now. It's on the threshold. So halfway between outside and inside, and it's going to walk up your stairs quickly. All right, new year, wanting to find a new year look for your home, something different, something stylish, something that's not going to break the bank. Start with the windows. Shopping around for window treatments usually requires having people come over to your home two times. First to measure and help you pick out, you know, what the expensive fabric is going to be. And then they'll say, we're going to call you back with a price because they don't want to be in the room with you. And then if you do do it, then they come back again to install them. It's a hassle, usually expensive, but not with blinds.com. Their design consultants have you covered and they can help pick what's right for your home just if it's just one room or the whole house they don't 
They don't need to come to your home. You can do it online now, and it's really simple. There's a reason Blinds.com has over 40,000 five-star reviews. It becomes obvious when you see how their window treatments can give your home an entirely new look. Blinds.com, affordable and very simple. It's Blinds.com. That's it. Blinds.com. Right now, save up to 45% site-wide, up to 45% off everything right now. At blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. We are living in a world now, uh, AI, deep fakes, augmented reality, job displacement. Tonight, 9 p.m., the AI revolution is here. How machines will transform your entire world. Tonight, my Wednesday night special, 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com and 9.30 p.m. on youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. And after listening to all this, now I want to see the movie Megan. You know, the seen, seen the commercials for this. We're halfway through an AI week and you've taken from all of this. <laughs> I want to see a really bad horror film. Well, it's about AI. Right. Right. No, it is. No, and it like is. The, the, the family gets this life really weird, uncanny valley doll. Right. And it starts doing all sorts of weird stuff and turns on the right. family or it's, whatever. It's uh, it's. Chucky, right? It's not. Uh, well, Chucky, but, no, was, Chucky a, was a doll a, that came to life, right? Right. This, this is, is a this is a realistic story. <laughs> that one, Chucky's ridiculous, Glenn. This is a doll, right? It's right. designed with AI to be. My understanding is it's designed with AI to to be a protect, protector to protect the daughter, yeah. and then they the da- daughter sort of teaches itself that maybe the parents are part of the problem. Yeah, that becomes yeah. part of a a larger saga wow, that I I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, it looks really creepy. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. It looks it does. really creepy, and they have you know the cheesy is better word. Really but creepy. I, I think it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks really creepy. Uh, and uh, thank you for getting that. After all of the heft that we put behind this, program. thank you for 